You're listening to the Future Sense podcast. You can find us online at futuresense.it. Welcome to episode 140 of Future Sense. I'm your host, Steve McDonald. It's been six months since the last episode, and I'd like to thank you for your patience. And thank you to those of you who've reached out to me during that time, and my apologies for not replying to all of you. I've been very busy working on a range of different projects, and there have been many times when I've intended to record, but important things have got in the way. I've found it's also been a time for self-care and preparation for what's coming down the track, and I'm sure some of you have been feeling that intuitively yourself. So I've been following the natural flow of life, and we now have plenty to talk about, and we've definitely progressed through the change process. If you're new to the podcast, I'd suggest you visit our website and listen to episodes 1, 12, and 22 to get an overview of the research-based developmental model of Dr. Claire W. Graves, which is central to my interpretation of individual and social change. Dr. Graves provided us with a predictive map of the future of human values and behaviours. Also, take a look at the resources page on the website at futuresense.it for a brief guide to the layers of consciousness and the cycles of change that I talk about. In this episode, I'll explain why seeing things going backwards is actually a sign of progress. We'll look at how to recognize so-called solutions to your problems that are extremely unlikely to work. And this is very important and a valuable skill to have right now, particularly when it comes to health and well-being. First, I want to answer a question. Back in November 2020, I spoke with Jacob Gossel on his Awake, Aware, Alive podcast, and he asked me the question, how does the Graves model give us confidence that we're not descending into a Hunger Games dystopian global control scenario? And my answer is, well, it doesn't. What it does do, though, is it helps us make informed choices based on the evolutionary trends and the predictive patterns of change that Graves identified in his research. These patterns of change are dynamic, and they can run both forwards and backwards. Sometimes, like we're seeing in the world right now, we regress to older value systems in a kind of slingshot maneuver to build tension for future progress. We are dipping down into authoritarian control measures in many places right now. How long we spend there, though, is a question of how the majority of people respond to that kind of treatment. And as I speak today, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Australia, and I've received a message and photographs from some people in Sydney where large numbers of people are peacefully defying lockdown restrictions to enjoy a day at the beach. This kind of large-scale behaviour sends a clear message, and when a lot of people do that, it can reach a point where there aren't enough police to stop it from happening. In Denmark, for example... Peaceful mass protests during the last 18 months have helped to change government decisions. And that is also a sign of the maturity of the government and the police force there. Of course, there are some countries where governments are not so tolerant and it would probably incite violence. Even so, Gandhi overcame government violence through peaceful protests in India back in his day. So it's not impossible. The way change works is we usually need to dip down into a level of discomfort to initiate change in the same way that putting a cake mix in the oven causes it to become a cake. Without the heat, the transformation doesn't occur. 
For people, how much heat is required depends upon how conscious we are of the change process. When we understand the pattern, then we can recognise the early signs of change and consciously choose to follow that path. Otherwise, without that level of awareness, people can back off when the heat comes on and then they can end up getting stuck or go backwards in the change process, which means the experience is unnecessarily longer and harder to bear. The fastest way out is through the heat. And if you act on the earlier signs of change, then it doesn't need to get so hot. So I hope that answers your question, Jacob. Thanks for the question. Now let's talk about what's going on globally. The situation is very complex, as you might imagine, and it's getting more complex by the day. In his research, Claire Graves found that the complexity of our life conditions is a catalyst for the evolution of human consciousness. So ultimately, more complexity is a good thing. It's actually fuel for the change process. Summarising the big picture how I see it, especially for new listeners, we're currently experiencing the collapse of scientific industrial society, which I'm calling the old paradigm, and which represents layer five human values in Claire Graves' research-based model of human development. The pandemic has absolutely accelerated this shift quite remarkably. It's actually surprised me just how much has changed in such a short time. There's no question that our old structures and systems have to break down in order to make space for the new. There are many parallel changes underway simultaneously while the old systems are collapsing. Multiple new value systems are also rising. And the next step for humanity is for the communally themed layer six values to supersede the individually themed layer five values as the dominant global paradigm. This is underway and it is being accelerated by the widespread collective response to the global pandemic. Communal value systems and layer six, the emerging system is a communal system, result in widespread conformity and we're definitely seeing that globally. Plus the isolation of lockdowns is increasing the desire for community. Simultaneously, layer seven values, which Graves described as a momentous leap forward for humanity, the first step into the second tier, are also rising quietly within a smaller percentage of the population. And I feel that layer seven values could be our dominant global value system as early as about 2032. Even beyond layer seven, there are other more complex and more capable value systems rising, which we don't fully understand yet. They haven't been properly mapped and it's difficult for us to actually see them. So a lot of change is being compressed into a very short time period. There is no known precedent for this. However, the various patterns of change are the same as we've seen throughout history, and they're consistent with Graves' model. They're just playing out much faster than ever before. If we look at the cycle of change, which is the pattern that takes us through transformational change from one value system to the next, or from one era or paradigm to the next, we can see that the world has gone from stability in the layer five scientific industrial era through turbulence as our social systems become less effective and no longer solve our problems. Instead, they seem to create more problems, which has then led us into a regressive search back through the older and less complex value systems, which is a very normal human response to this kind of change process. Those older value systems are much less likely to solve our problems 
what they do is accelerate the change process by making things worse, which is evolution's way of manifesting rapid adaptation to new life conditions. Now, understanding how each value system seeks to solve problems is a really useful way of recognizing and measuring how far back we've regressed. So I'm going to talk you through what to look for now. Layer 6 humanitarian values are communally focused, and we saw a wave of them show up in the 1960s and 70s, bringing demands for an end to warfare and an increase in loving human connection. And this is the emerging new paradigm right now, which we can confidently say will be fairly short-lived, maybe only a decade long. So how does Layer 6 solve problems? Well, what this kind of thinking does is it attempts to rebalance resources and it uses a network of like minds to agree upon solutions based on consensus. One example of a Layer 6 solution that's already disrupting a collapsing Layer 5 system is decentralized cryptocurrency. As we're still deep in the change cycle, right now, Layer 6 network-centric consensus-based decision-making is intentionally being made difficult by propaganda, media control, including some very sophisticated psychological manipulation by the Layer 5 establishment, which is trying to desperately maintain social control. I'll talk some more about these and other complications shortly. But in desperation, people who have been using Layer 6 values to try and solve their problems are sometimes regressing from Layer 6 to Layer 5. And Layer 5 scientific industrial values are individually focused, extremely rational to the point of being emotionally cold compared to Layer 6, and they began in earnest with the scientific and industrial revolutions roughly 300 years ago. The key problem-solving strategy at Layer 5 is gathering data on all the available options and going through a process of analysis and experimentation to find the very best options. This is how Layer 5 solves problems. There are always multiple options, and flexibility is maintained to swap from one option to another as circumstances change. So Layer 5 is very agile. You can recognize Layer 5 by the fact that Based on analysis and experimentation, it gives you multiple options. So any solution that's being offered to you that doesn't give you multiple options based on rigorous assessment is not a Layer 5 solution. The advent of the internet and access to infinite information severely undermined the usefulness of Layer 5 problem solving, though, and it's been a key factor in the collapse of Layer 5's dominance. There's simply too much information to process these days. However, Layer 5 is a quite complex and capable value system and has developed some very sophisticated technologies for social control. The powers that be are fully aware that their systems are failing and that they are employing all available options, including extreme surveillance, censorship and disinformation operations to attempt to hang on to global power by finding in their view, the most important information as they see it. And even then, it's still not working. It's reached the point now where they are regressing in desperation to layer four thinking and authoritarian tactics, which is not helping them retain power at all. It's actually accelerating the collapse of the old paradigm. 
in accordance with this normal change pattern. So let's take a look at layer four. Layer four authoritarian values are communally focused and they emerged with the agricultural revolution some 10 or 12,000 years ago. They allowed us at that time through discipline and obedience to create and sustain large towns and cities. So what's the key problem solving strategy of layer four? Well, it's to impose a rigid set of rules which always originate from a higher authority. And that higher authority could be God, it could be a ruling family, or it could be an institution. So if you follow the rules, then life is good. There is always only one right way, which is rigidly enforced, and it must be obeyed, or else there are consequences. For example, you might go to hell after you die, or you could go to jail right now. So you can recognize a solution that might be offered to you that is based on layer four values by the fact that there's only one approved option and you have no choice. You must obey or face the consequences. It's as simple as that. The agricultural to scientific industrial era shift, that's layer four to layer five, is the only global transition prior to the current one that we have good information on. It took place over hundreds of years, including the Middle Ages and right up to the scientific industrial revolutions, so it took a very long time. Some behaviours that were evident towards the end of that agricultural era, as it was collapsing and the Layer 5 era was rising, included things like regional conflict, power grabs through invasions, mass migrations, population reduction and religious crusades and inquisitions in pursuit of those who would not obey. However, ultimately, all of those things that they tried to use to hang on to their power didn't work. And when people refuse to obey authoritarian rules, then historically, we've often regressed even further to layer three. So let's have a look at how layer three tends to solve their problems. Bear in mind that layer three egocentric values are individually focused and they arose historically when we broke out of traditional tribal living, layer two. And we broke out of that way of living because it was no longer solving our problems. And so people began to use force to conquer other people's lands, resulting in brutal Wild West type societies where warlords rule and might is right and I had some first-hand experience of this kind of behavior during my time in Somalia during the war there back in 1993. And the preferred layer three method of problem solving is simply applying the adage, might is right. And although, of course, layers one through five can resort to physical violence for various reasons, layer three is probably more likely to and more ready to employ raw power to solve problems through bullying or physical assault. And these values are typically enforced by a tyrant without any group decision-making process because they're in charge and no one else gets a say. And at layer three, we must remember that people don't actually have the emotional capacity to be concerned about the rights and well-being of others. So if you find yourself being forced to have a solution put upon you, even to the point of physical assault, then you can recognize that is layer three values. 
So these value systems that I've discussed and their particular problem-solving strategies so far are the ones that I'm seeing most active in the world at the moment. So I'm going to stop right there at layer three. Before I move on, let me summarize them all together, just in case you want to write them down. Layer three solves problems through the application of power. Might is right. So solutions are imposed upon you, and often through bullying or even physical assault. Layer four always makes reference to a rigid set of rules which originate from a higher authority. There is always only one right way to solve a particular problem, and that one right way is rigidly enforced and must be obeyed, or else there are consequences. Layer five solves problems by gathering data on all the available options as much as possible and going through a process of analysis and experimentation to find the very best options. Then usually you're offered multiple options with one being recommended as the best option. And layer six likes things to be fair so it looks to rebalance resources when they're out of balance and it will use a network of like minds to agree upon solutions based on consensus. So with this understanding, we can look around us now at this global response that we're in the middle of and see that regression to layer four as authoritarian control is becoming pretty widespread at the moment. And some political leaders have even regressed at times to layer three, behaving like dictators or tyrants without proper democratic process taking place. This regression, like all of the patterns in Claire Graves's model of change, is a dynamic process. And so behaviors can really shift from moment to moment. And somebody who might be consistently operating from layer four right now could, as life conditions change, dip down to layer three and then come back up again. And all of that can happen literally in the matter of minutes sometimes. It can be expressed simply as a passing remark, and then they might return to their normal value system that they're more stable in. It's true to say that the older value systems at this point in time simply create more problems and more tension in society, which will eventually build to the point where the metaphorical cake in the oven I spoke about before starts to cook, and a majority of people begin to think and behave differently in line with natural evolutionary progression. At this point in time for us, living according to the layer six value system matches the level of complexity that we're facing. So it's really what is next for most people if you're not already there. It's a very, very important thing to note that at present, it's not a good time to accept solutions generated from these old levels of thinking. So I'm talking about layer five, the old paradigm, layer four, authoritarianism, or layer three, bullying. Those ways of problem solvers are really inappropriate for the complexity that is facing us. And any solutions presented from those value systems are virtually guaranteed to create more problems than they solve. So take note of the behavior of the people who are presenting solutions to you at this time and choose wisely. Understand also that most people are flowing in this natural pattern of values regression and will be trying out these old problem-solving solutions for themselves or willingly accepting their imposition by others. These old ways will 
simply increase our desire for layer 6 values as time progresses. For example, the authoritarian lockdowns are isolating people, they're cutting them off from community contact, which is simply creating a stronger desire for community. Currently, the social tensions are also causing all of the value systems to loom large as people retreat into like-minded groups, and it therefore becomes easier to see the divisions between people. It's easier to see their, where their values sit. And for those who are in transition right now between first tier and second tier, that is from layer six to layer seven, this is very supportive of the emergence of the capacity to directly sense the value systems, in other words, to read the frequencies directly. And the emergence of second tier is something that's never happened before on this planet. Graves Research obviously found a few early pathfinders, but now the conditions are really ripening for the acceleration and the support of people who are moving into second tier. I want to talk for a moment about layer six being the bookend of the first tier of consciousness because this is very relevant to what we're experiencing right now. Part of layer six's purpose is to allow us to review our experiences right through the first tier and to process past traumas in other value systems, thereby coming to peace with this whole chapter of human experience, the first tier of consciousness. And by doing all of that, we're also laying a solid foundation for the leap into the second chapter, the second tier of consciousness. And layer six will, of course, eventually, like all the previous value systems, go through a collapse process and it will create enough tension and chaos to power our transition into second tier, both at an individual level and at a global societal level. This collapse process is likely to happen through something called the pre-trans fallacy which is confusion from not being able to tell fears from true intuition. And it occurs as the rational mind slips from dominance, so we're no longer ruled by our thoughts during layer six. And as a result of this review process of the whole first tier, we re-embrace our emotions and our instincts as useful things we also start to feel into our intuition, our deep transrational intuition, which is coming as we approach second tier. And we have to learn to manage this combination of different inputs instead of just simply following our rational mind. We now have to take notice of our feelings, our basic urges, our deeper instincts, and make sense out of all of those to give ourselves guidance in terms of making choices. What happens during that learning process is we become confused and often get fixated on our fears, but we don't realize that we're acting out of fear. We actually think that we're acting out of some deep conviction, some deep intuition. This is effectively a last blast of fear controlling us before we move into second tier and the influence of fear drops away massively and we're no longer motivated by fear at all. Right now on the planet, this pre-trans fallacy phenomena is corrupting the scientific method and resulting in a lot of very twisted logic. As people are not actually present to what's going on, they are fixated on their fears of what might happen in the future, and consequently they're missing out on some otherwise very logical deductions 
if you, if they actually look at the facts before them. Um, and this comes, of course, because of the suppression of the rational mind. Because this pre-trans fallacy is a, a normal and natural part of our progression through layer six, those fear-driven decisions are confirmed by consensus. And so we all feel quite confident that we're doing the right thing. Therefore, if you're finding it difficult to fathom some of the decisions being made globally at the moment, this is probably the reason that people are, without realizing it, acting out of fear of what might happen rather than acting in the present moment. And it's this pre-trans fallacy that will inevitably, most likely, create enough tension over the next 10 years to build the energy needed for our transformation into second-tier consciousness. And that is going to be one interesting ride. At the end of the day, it's a natural pattern of change and it's ultimately accelerating our evolution towards second-tier consciousness. We need to go through it in order to get there. To wrap up this episode, I'd like to offer some points of guidance for navigating the world at present. And my first point is that now is a really good time for self-care. If you feel you're here on earth to help with this consciousness shift that's underway, then the best thing you can do right now is to work on your own well-being and your own personal development. The layers of consciousness are ultimately operating frequencies, and the more of us who are operating at a higher frequency, then the greater the resonant effects on wider society and the planet. It's time to start thinking multidimensionally rather than getting stuck on rational-minded solutions from old paradigm thinking. The second point is be in the present moment or be here now, as the teacher Ram Dass said. Most of the fear and anxiety being felt across the world stems from fear of what might happen in the future. Take a deep breath and look at the beauty around you. Spend time grounding yourself in nature and tuning into the frequency of the earth. Next, be very mindful of the regressive thinking that's prevalent in mainstream society. Rigid authoritarian solutions offering only one right way are certain to create more problems. Simply because there's a mismatch between the very complex problems we're facing and the overly simplistic solutions on offer. In an effort to maintain control, old paradigm leaders are very blatantly using fear as a control mechanism. See through this and limit your exposure to mainstream media. Tune into your own intuition and let it guide your selection of news sources based on the frequency of their consciousness. My fourth point is that compassion is a strong energy to hold at this time, aligned with the frequency of second-tier consciousness. Cultivate compassion for yourself first, and then for every human being on the planet, understanding that everyone is subject to the tensions of this change process, and everyone is doing the best they can and what seems right to them based on their own value system. Humans are simply doing what humans do. Point number five, be patient and watch the so-called solutions as they fail and make things worse. Notice how people keep trying the same solutions over and over, even when they are not clearly working. All of this is moving us towards a tipping point by creating more tension that will lead to breakthroughs, new values and thinking, and eventual progress into our next paradigm.
And finally, offer your support where it's safe for you to do so to peaceful, positive change efforts that reflect what's naturally next for society. And you can listen to episode 13 of Future Sense to learn more about the emerging Layer 6 paradigm and its themes, which reflects what is naturally next for us at this time. In summary now, humanity is in progression through the cycle of change and our progress is speeding up. As difficult as the disruptions of the last 18 months have been, there are some clear benefits arising which are in harmony with the value shift to Layer 6 including an increasing desire for stronger and more resilient local communities, an increasing desire for self-sufficiency and sustainability at a local level, including growing your own food, an increasing desire for better forms of governance that cater for our unique local life conditions. More value is also being placed on the lived and felt human experience rather than on growth and profits and we are recognising the importance of respecting basic human rights. I'm sure there are other benefits that you can see as well. I hope you found this episode useful. I've got more to say on current global events, and I'll be back on the air again soon. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Look after your own immune system and your family and friends. Stay safe and well, and until next time, wishing you all the best. You've been listening to the Future Sense podcast, brought to you by the Nonprofit Agency for Advanced Development of Integrative Intelligence, part of the RD Mesh Foundation. You can find us online at futuresense.it, where you can subscribe for free, and also link to our social media accounts on Twitter and Facebook.